0: Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Your Retirement Elevated is back once again. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, serving you in the Kansas City metro area, but also all across the country as well. Hey, Scott, how are you this week? I'm fantastic. Happy to be here. Oh, glad to hear it. And I can hear you okay. I told Scott off air that I had uh, recently suffered a ruptured eardrum. So, but the good news is, I still have one good ear at the moment, Scott. So we're all right. And that's more than enough with <laughs> from you. You're that qualified. <laughs> that, that, uh, I'm that much of a pro. We can get it yes. done with half an, half half the set of ears. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, actually, it was really weird. I'll tell you what, though, when I first ruptured the eardrum and I still had an ongoing infection when it happened ear infection when it happened, I my hearing went down to I don't know if this is accurate, but I would estimated it like ten percent out of that ear, ten to twenty percent, something like that. Wow, it, it was very weird, very bizarre, and, and you said you experienced a lot of uh, ear, ear troubles when you were younger. Did you ever have it to where it really diminished your hearing in that ear? A few times, yes, yeah. and it was it was no fun. It's a weird sensation, you. isn't it? It is, and it's how much you take it for granted. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the, really the thing that I s- took out of the experience. I said, this really stinks, but boy, I'm going to really appreciate it when my ears get back to normal. Yes. And it's good to have those reminders in life sometimes because some people have to live like that and don't have the opportunity, whether it be half hearing or, you know, fully hearing impaired. It's not saying it's a good thing to hit troubles like that for, you know, for me personally, but it was good to have that reminder.
1: And, you know, oh absolutely and my grandfather is still with us i talk about him a lot he was 64 retired for two years woke up one morning and could barely hear just out of the blue really and uh he ended up being the first recipient of a cochlear ear implant in the midwest huh. now, this is a long this is a long time ago he's in his again his 60s and uh it was amazing they you know, they invented a little magnet put the little thing on and you know overnight He had part of his hearing back from that, and it's improved. And obviously, he's older now, and it's not quite as good as it diminishes, but he got from age 64 to he's 95 now, and got some good use out of it. I'm still always just uh, blown away by people who can handle those adversities,
0: but then also blown away by the medical advances that are helping us overcome them. Pretty neat stuff, that's for sure. Definitely. Well, we've got a great conversation to uh, dive into today. In fact, you know it's kind of a, an easy fact to understand. Not everybody that listens to this podcast is of the same age. Scott, you recently had a a, a client event where uh, you asked how many folks you know who, who listens to the podcast. You had a lot of hands get raised in the air, and I'm sure that there were quite a few age ranges in the folks that raised their hands. Right?
1: Oh, definitely. We got clients as they're skewing younger. We've got some of the late forties predominantly. Our clients are fifty five plus, but we've got a majority of them listen to it on their mobile phone. We have some of our clients that listen to it, you know, on their computer through the link. So yeah, no matter Whatever access point they have, they seem to enjoy it, and I, I enjoy doing this podcast and uh, enjoy having you as the, the host, and I'm glad it's making an impact, and we'll continue to do it as long as we're making a difference.
0: So we have physical evidence based on who raised their hands that supports the fact that there were wide ranges of ages listening to the show. So given that, we wanted to take the time on today's program and talk about uh, really kind of the nine different ways ages, the nine important ages that should spark something in your financial life, spark some action or spark some thought, kind of serve as a milestone or a marker that you need to do something at that age related to your finances. So we're going to walk you through a couple of these different important ages. And I have a feeling we'll hit some of these ages that you are either at right now or approaching in the near future. And so it'll give you kind of a good update on how to plan for some of these different things in life that we've got to be prepared for. And you may find that you've missed a couple of these milestones that you should have done already. And so it'll give you the chance to play some catch up as well. So we're going to start things off at age one. No, no, I'm kidding. We're going to start (laughs) at age 50. What needs to be done or what should we be thinking about Scott at age 50?
1: So, First of all, each type of retirement benefit has a different eligibility age and your age plays a big role in how much you can expect to receive from example, like your social security and what you need to do to avoid retirement account penalties. So remembering all these factors is important. And so at age 50, it's a great age because being at age 50, you can ramp up your retirement account contributions. So employees that are age 50 and older can make 401k catch-up contributions of up to $6,000 for a maximum possible 401k contribution of $25,000. That's in 2019. So those age 50 and up can also deposit an extra $1,000 into an IRA or $7,000 in total in 2019. Uh, so it's it's fantastic a lot of times when people get to that age 50 range, hopefully kids are out of the, you know, out of the house, done with school, and they can really start to pile up dollars in those accounts. So one big thing you want to make sure of is you know, that 401k contribution and the traditional IRA, there's some rules you have to abide by. But the takeaway from this is it really lets you ramp up, maximize the contributions. So if you're behind a schedule of savings, or if you're really getting into a situation where you've got extra dollars, it's a great time to sock more money away.
0: That's a really good point, and uh, that's age 50, some of the things you need to be thinking about there. We'll jump ahead five years. I think the dates will narrow down a little bit more as we go through, but date two that's important is age 55.
1: Yes. So if you leave your job in the year you turn age 55 or older, you can take a penalty-free 401k withdrawal from the account associated with the most recent job. However, penalty-free means lack of a 10% uh, penalty. However, if you roll that 401k balance over to an IRA, you're going to need to wait until age 59 and a half to take the IRA withdrawals without a penalty. So again, we're talking about the 10% penalty, early withdrawal penalty is negated if you take a penalty-free withdrawal after 55 and above out of a 401k. But an IRA, you have to wait until 59 and a half to take that withdrawal without penalty.
0: All right. So that's a pretty easy one. And then you just mentioned 59 and a half. So why not go there?
1: Uh, so 59 and a half, again, that goes back to that 10% early withdrawal penalty on IRA draws ends at age 59 and a half. However, you know, traditional IRA distributions, they're not going to be required until after age 70 and a half. Now there's no penalty, but there may be income taxes due on each withdrawal from a traditional IRA. So again, you can reach in, take money out without a penalty, but you're probably going to have to pay the IRS a chunk of that because all those taxes have been deferred. So important to remember these ages because some of these things
0: are not just like a, you should be doing this, but a, you need to be doing this. Or in the case of the early withdrawal type conversations, don't do this before, until you get to this
1: age. In a perfect example, I've got a client that retired. He was 57 and we left enough money in his 401k to bridge between 57 and 59 and a half. So that money left in his 401k bridged the gap. We rolled everything else over to the IRA. So at 59 and a half, the 401k will be spent down. We'll switch to the IRA dollars, no penalty. We just had to pay taxes on it.
0: All right, so so far we've uh, we've made it through the 50s. We're into age 62 now.
1: And so 62, this is really about being the first time that you can collect a Social Security benefit for normal reasons, not meaning in adrenal renal disease, things like that. And so you can take your benefit at 62. However, those benefits are going to be reduced if you begin taking payments at this age. Why? Because it's all based on your life expectancy. So if you take it at 62 instead of 67, you're going to get about a 30% per month reduction in your benefit because the Social Security Administration says, hey, we're going to have to pay you longer. We're going to start earlier. So we're going to start with a lower benefit because we're potentially going to to pay you for longer. Yes, you can access those benefits at 62, but it may or may not be in your best interest to start them at that time. And so 62, you can, Social Security, now 65 is a Important milestone for a lot of folks. Healthcare is a big issue right now, and it's a factor that's determining when people can retire. Because if you're going to, you've got a job where your healthcare is paid for, it could be a big ticket. I know if you've got to pay that out of your own pocket. So when you get to 65, yeah, that's when your Medicare eligibility starts. You can enroll in Medicare during a seven-month period that begins three months before the month you turn 65, the month you turn 65, and then three months after. And so if you're going to be retired, leaving your job, and you're going to go on to Medicare, you can apply for that Medicare Part A and B at age 65. And then obviously, you're going to want to look at the idea of, are you going to have a Medicare supplement? or Are you going to have a Medicare Part D, which is friction drugs? Again, all those things need to be combined, Uh, but 65 would be the first time you get eligibility for Medicare. All important
0: ages up to 65, and then we start getting into the real fun at 66 and 67, Scott.
1: Yeah, so the next three ages are really all about Social Security. So we talked about age 62, which is the first time you can take Social Security age 66. Uh, That's the age that baby boomers born between 1943 and 1954 qualify for their full Social Security benefit, which is age 66. That's also called your full retirement amount or your FRA. All right. And so again, that'll be the first time where you get an unreduced benefit. If you take it earlier than that, 62 to 66 in this example, you're just going to get less money. Age 67, that's the Social Security full retirement age for workers born in 1960 or later. Side note, millennials and younger generations need to wait until age 67 to qualify for their Social Security benefit. Uh, I'm included in that group of folks. I was born in 1973. In age 70, that is the latest age you can delay uh, your Social Security benefit. So if you wait till 70, you you can boost your Social Security payment if you delay it until that point. If you read the information on it, your Social Security payment increases by 8% for each year you wait to start your payments. So after age 70, there's no additional benefit to wait. So sign up. Uh, You want to be able to get that benefit coming to you. And so Social Security, I'll kind of wrap it up this way. Age 60 is when you can start. Age 70 is the longest you can wait. Your sweet spot on how to optimize your Social Security is going to be somewhere in between there. And it's all going to be dependent on your income plan, what you need to fill your income gap. All those things need to be factored in, and then you can help decide when to take Social Security. Our last... Age is 70 and a half. And if you're listening to this one, most of you know what this is. That's people age 70 and a half and older are no longer eligible to get a tax deduction for contributing to a traditional IRA. Instead, those folks have to start taking money out of their 401ks and traditional IRAs and pay their resulting income tax bill. So remember, those accounts grew tax deferred. You got a tax reduction when you put those dollars in those money has grown tax deferred and now the IRS is saying hey we let you take this ride but now you need to start taking it out and put it back into the system so you've got to go through what we call a tax transition meaning we've got to take the money out pay the taxes and we get to spend what is left Okay, because a million dollar IRA is it really a million dollars well the answer is probably not because there's deferred taxation that has to be paid by you, the owner, the spouse that inherits it, or the kids or grandkids that inherit. There's, that tax liability continues on with that account. And they are serious about that required minimum distribution, seven and a half, because if you don't take out the right amount of money, there's a penalty. And that penalty is stiff because it's 50% of the amount you didn't take out. So if you were supposed to take out $10,000, the IRS is going to penalize you $5,000 because you didn't abide by the rules, but it gets worse. What if you don't have an X, you've got to take that money out. Now you've taken out $15,000. All that is taxable as ordinary income. So now what's that done to your tax situation? It's got to push those marginal tax rates up potentially. So serious you've got to be careful. And when you take that, you can wait and take it, you know, post 70 and a half. It's actually the April 1st of the month following the year you turn 70 and a half. Now, if you're driving, please don't try to rewind that. Uh, We want you to focus on the road, (laughs) But, but you can delay it. And, but if you delay it, let's say, hey, I've, I can wait till next year, I'll be 71. That's when I have to take my first distribution. Well, here's the problem. You've got to take the first one and then one at age 70 in the same calendar year. So in essence, you've doubled up on the required distributions and all of that goes on your tax return. Now, sometimes that works. I had that with a current client, He retired went back as a contractor. He was going to get paid a pretty good sizable amount of money. And so we delayed his first requirements of distribution until as long as we could. We took two distributions in one year because that was less money than it would have been if he added that first one to his paycheck. So again, it's all going to be based on your personal situation And if you've been listening to the podcast, we talked about the SECURE Act that was voted upon, and we'll see if it clears through uh, later this year. One of the provisions in the SECURE Act is pushing the required minimum distribution age to 72. So we'd have a little bit longer, but that's still up in the air. We'll keep you posted on it. But 70 and a half, that is the last of the nine important ages for retirement. And it simply means if you've waited that long, the IRS and Uncle Sam want you to start taking money out. They want you to spend it because they have plans for it and they need to help you know build infrastructure and, and do all those things. So those are the nine important ages for retirement. Hopefully that was helpful for today.
0: It is very helpful, I think, Scott, to be able to walk through each of those ages and kind of know, What's important for you at those parts of your life to plan for? What's the process that you've got to be ready for at these different stages of life? And it's good to have those reminders as you go through these different things. Well, if you've got any questions about these ages that we've talked about on today's show, if you're at age 50 and you're starting to wonder, okay, yeah, ramping up those retirement contributions, should I go ahead and start doing that? Is is that make sense in my financial plan? Or have I started thinking about when I'm going to take Social Security? And all these other little important dates that start indicating we've got some decisions that are starting to happen. We need to be well prepared for these. Go ahead and pick up the phone and give Scott a call at 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. And always online at listentoscott.com. You'll find links there where you can get in touch with Scott and the team. That's listentoscott.com. And we also post all the podcasts there to the website. So you can go listen and subscribe on your favorite apps and uh, wherever your favorite podcasting app is, be sure to use it, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and uh, be sure to join us each and every time here on the show. Scott, thanks for the help again and uh, walking us through these ages. Hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to seeing you next time, thanks. Sounds good. That's Scott Dugan, and Walter Storehold. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated.